welcome to the Bodybuilding Dietitians podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today for what is now episode 19 of our Road to 2021 mini-series. And as always, you are joined by your hosts, Tiara and Jack. Now, before we get into today's episode, we just want to remind you as always that if you do enjoy these podcasts, please feel free to tell your family and friends about them. Take a screenshot, post it to your Instagram stories, tag Jack, tag myself, tag the bodybuilding dietitians. You can always leave us a review on iTunes as well if this is the podcast app that you listen on. Also, you can always head over to our website at www.thebodybuildingdietitians.com to find out more about our coaching services. We don't only coach physique competitors, we certainly coach anyone that has a health and fitness or related lifestyle goal. So without further ado, let's get cracking into this episode number 19. So you guys might have noticed if you do follow along week by week that we actually did miss last week, which is pretty unlike us. So really sorry about that. Yeah, it's a rarity. <laughs> yeah, it really is. But you know, the reason why we had to miss last week is because Jack and I have actually come on board with Sports Nutrition Australia, which some of you guys might know as SNA. And we're actually helping produce some content for them right now in regards to nutrition, which is really cool because, you know, they're doing a lot of filming right now, creating new content for a lot of their online courses. And Jack and I are also coming on board and helping them with one of their courses, which is in relation to comp prep. So helping coaches become specialized in the area of competition prep, really teaching them the ropes and evidence-based practice. So really excited about that. But, uh, Pretty much for the whole week, we were producing and writing this content, and then we had to spend a couple of days actually filming this lecture content, which is, it's really cool, you know? So there's a lot of really exciting projects in the pipeline, and incredibly grateful to uh, be offered this career opportunity to work with Sports Nutrition Australia in an area that we're both so passionate about. So yeah, uh, stay tuned for more details on that to come in the future, but Regardless, we're here now, you know, with a two-week update for you guys. So, Jack, take the floor. How has your past two weeks been? Yeah, so I'm, if anyone doesn't know, I'm mini-cutting at the moment. So, I've just wrapped up week five of my mini-cut. And in the terms of mini-cutting, week five is should be towards the end, really. Like, week eight is the max-max I would go for a mini-cut. And probably for myself, I can afford to go up to that eight weeks purely because my macros are a bit higher than what other people might mini cut at. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so far it's been good. Very little diet fatigue, I would say. Mainly mainly diet fatigue is being expressed on my rest days. Today Mm -hmm. is one of my rest days. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, other than that, training performance is good. I've actually been deloading for two of the five weeks as well, which I'll touch on a bit more. But overall, pretty close to my goal. Uh, because I haven't updated last week, last week I ended up being 89.8. So that was a well, pretty much a kilo drop from the week before. This week I was 89.4, so not quite as large of a drop, but uh, down about 0.42. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like we'll talk about metabolic ad- adaptation as well, because I certainly have experienced that. I've had to make two or three changes now to my macros, and which is just interesting because I'm... I'm obviously someone who can eat a lot in the off season, but mm-hmm. it looks like I do adapt either way, which I think we talked about last yeah. episode as well. 
And I guess there's going to be a lot of people who do find themselves in that same position. You know, once you start to push your body weight past a point where it feels the most comfortable, and some people might refer to that as their set point, right? Like you might have to push your food up really, really high in order to overcome that extra metabolic adaptation and increases in meat. But then again, when you try to push your body weight down lower where it feels comfortable, then, you know, you might have to eat a little bit less food than you would have expected. Yeah, it's all part of the, the plan, really. Yeah, it's and all part of the plan, all part of the game. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I say all this, but overall, it still has been very linear. It's not like I've gone gone down crazy low in my macros. Like mm-hmm. I'm on at the moment, I'm on 400 carb on training days, 350 on rest days. Mm-hmm. I've just switched from 70 fat to 60 fat on training and rest days and staying at 250 protein yeah so for the average person walking around this planet they'd look at that and be like dude this guy's still on a pretty decent amount of food all right yeah (laughs) but it's all relative of course Mm. and that i mean that's probably partly why like in a mini cut you would expect to experience that hunger Mm -hmm. feel pretty average and that sort of things Mm -hmm. at least when other people talk about mini cuts and I don't feel like that. I can confidently say I don't, especially towards the for, for the first three quarters of the day, I feel pretty much normal. And it's more so like maybe after training, I'll start to get a bit hungry. Mm-hmm. But yeah, during training, I feel perfectly fine. And yeah, so overall things are great. And this was actually the first week where, first week for two weeks, which I haven't been deloading. So Two weeks ago, I decided to deload my lower body. And then last week, I deloaded my upper body. And this is kind of the first week of my block. And overall, my experience with doing that staggered deload approach was, in terms of recovery, it was good. But in terms of like the mental approach to Mm. having to coincide two deloads at once, it was a bit rough because I kind of just wanted to be training normally. And then my body weight was probably being a bit funky because I was training less intensely on two or three days of the week. So yeah, all of those things. And like the reason I also deloaded legs early was because of a niggle. And so that all kind of coincided together. But fortunately, this week of training was really good. I've I've implemented a few movements to uh, basically start with this week. And they all went well. So a couple of them were like a dead stop T-bar row instead of a standard T-bar row. Instead of barbell bench, I've switched to like a machine flat bench press, which Mm -hmm. I enjoyed. And a machine shoulder press as well. And a few different lap pull down variations. Because I was using the lap pull down machine and I just, I was progressing really nicely. And I didn't really feel a thing in my back though. Mm -hmm. So it was nice to actually feel my back working. Yeah, absolutely. I remember like when we first joined World's Gym Brisbane last year, that was the first time we'd used that lat pull-down machine. And I guess because it was just a different stimulus compared to the ones we'd used in the years prior at UQ Sport, we're like, whoa, this is cool. This feels good. Mm. But now we're kind of going back to the normal lat pull-down, right? Because yeah. that one actually feels better now. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because like my form was good for the lat pull-down machine and I was using like close to the full stack, but... I would just not feel anything, like Mm. not even in my arms. And yeah, so I'm glad I switched it up. But you've swapped over the actual handle now, right? Yeah, I do. I do three different like pull down variations. So Mm -hmm. I just do a lot of back volume in general. I train back three days a week Mm -hmm. 
And so three upper sessions. So yeah, training it three times. So first one is just a standard lap pull down with a standard grip and then a close grip lap pull down and then a single arm lap pull down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that new close grip one, that's the one with the mag grip, right? Yeah. That's good. That one pumps up my lats like nothing else. It's amazing. (laughs) Mm. I like that for my rhomboids as well. So mid back, that feels good. Yeah. Well, it it makes sense with, you know, your high back volume and your increased training frequency because that's the muscle group you're trying to pretty much bring up the most, right? During this past improvement season and done a damn good job. (laughs) Thanks. But uh, yeah, other than that, I guess in terms of nutrition, food sources have stayed relatively the same. I'm just having like a bunch more veggies in the evening Mm -hmm. because that's usually when I'm most hungry. I'm still having like my post-workout cake just with a bit of extra volume now. Tiara's kind of ordered me to start blending that up. Ordered? No, I just... (laughs) I'm just trying to teach you good strategies, man. I'm like the queen of volume over here, all right? I know a thing or two. (laughs) Queen of volume in the off season. (laughs) I'm the queen of volume in life, bruh. If you need more food volume, hit me up. But seriously, so Jack makes like his protein cake similar to mine. He puts in flour and banana and uh, sometimes adds protein powder, sometimes doesn't. But he usually mashes the banana with a fork. And I use the stick blender because the stick blender will blend the banana and the flour and your milk and all that stuff really into just the most amazing creamy um, consistency. So taught Jack this that this week. And your cake volume's like twice the size, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It it's looks more good. of like a... It's more of a cornstarch consistency mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Oh, that's that's one thing, guys. Okay, when we call these things like protein cakes, I don't want this to be confused with an actual cake. Like, you are not going to be able to slice this thing with a knife and actually eat a slice of this thing. It's more like a thick, pudding. yeah, protein pudding thing. Yeah. So it's not an actual. It's not an actual cake. And can I just quickly touch on one thing? All right. You know, when people put out recipes on Instagram and they do these tutorials, right? And they teach you how to make something. The first time you ever make something that you've never made before, follow the recipe to a T. Okay. My grandma taught me that from when I was like four years old and I was cooking with her. Okay. Like don't, try to change anything around until you follow that exact recipe to a T. Otherwise, you can't blame the person that it didn't turn out the same because I've done quite a few like tutorials on how to make like my protein cakes or my nice cream and things like that on Instagram. And man, I got this message from this person who was like, hey, I tried making your protein cake, but I quadrupled the ingredients and I tried cooking it in the oven. And he said- I baked it on a wood stove. (laughs) (laughs) this dude sent me a dm of a photo of what was apparently my protein cake in like this blue plastic bucket in his oven (laughs) and i was like i did not i did not mention anything about this in the recipes and the directions oh my gosh and he's like he was like why didn't it turn out the same as yours look and i'm like dude did you follow a single thing i said like Sure, it might have the same ingredients in it, but you have to follow the method. Like, please don't put these things in plastic buckets and chuck them in your oven. And like, oh my gosh, it was just hilarious. I Yeah, microwave this protein cake pudding, please. <laughs> anyway, yeah, don't go messing with recipes and then blame people that it didn't turn out the way that they showed on Instagram, right? Follow mm. those things to a T. 
There's always variability in, in microwave power as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I usually mention that. And that's the thing as well. Like if someone's trying to teach you how to make oats, right, keep an eye on those things because they might say, oh, cook your oats for five minutes. You might have a super powerful microwave that only needs two minutes. Next thing you know, this these oats are like overflowing like water flow, okay? And there's just oats all over the microwave. We've all been there. Anyway, Jack, back to your mini cut. <laughs> yeah, I don't... I think I was almost done. Like I've, I've explained training, nutrition, mm-hmm. and yeah, I guess the what's left is just the plan for the rest of the time. So yeah, I'm about, this morning I weighed 89.1, mm-hmm. and I would like to get to at least 88 before wrapping up. So that might be at least one more week of dieting, potentially two, most likely two, I'd say. And I think that'll work really well because it'll allow me to get back up to 90 over the next two months because um, we're, we're predict, semi-predicting that the, the, sh- the ICN shows for season A will be around early May, mm-hmm. considering that the nationals they've set are in early June. Yeah, and they're ambitious that uh, no, the world championships will be in early June, and they're ambitious oh, okay. that they're actually going to be held in Las Vegas. Mm. So yeah, uh, that, there's a hell of a lot of ambition there, but fingers crossed that can go ahead. But to imagine international travel can go ahead by then, amazing. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. All depends on that vaccine, but yeah, we'll, um, that means that I'll finish this and then have about probably like six to eight weeks to kind of get things back up again. Mm-hmm. And I've no doubt that like, I'll probably be able to go back to 600 carb almost straight away and I'll be fine. That's just how, well, like we know that's how my adaptism works now. Yeah. And so it's, yeah, it's more so that I'll get back up enjoy food for a bit longer, gain some weight, mm-hmm. get increase in strength a bit more, hopefully gain some muscle and start at about 90 kilos, which will be at about 15% above my predicted stage weight, which I'm hoping will be around like, I'll be pretty darn happy if it was 78. Yeah, absolutely. I think you are capable of all those things. And, you know, touching on how you think that you're metabolically adaptive, right? And that's what I would assume too. If you were to go straight up to 600, 650 carb tomorrow, who knows, you might have an increase in NEAT, a major reduction in stress, and you might actually get a new low the next day. So even though you're in a mini cut, like what's your opinion or have you had any thoughts about potentially for these last two weeks, maybe implementing a high day or two, just seeing how your body responds? I have, yeah, thought about it, but I don't think high days are that effective for like if I was in a prep, potentially, yes, mm-hmm. because it's more chronic. But I know that if I stay in this deficit, like a hu- one high day isn't going to offset my metabolic adaptation. Yeah. But so I might as well stick in the deficit mm-hmm. and kind of run with that as opposed like if I did do a high day next week, it would purely to be so that my I might have a new low the next day. But yeah. I know that it's the low is kind of going to kind of going to happen regardless if mm-hmm. I just stick to these lower days and be a bit more aggressive so yeah yeah well i guess it would just be an interesting trial you know because Mm. the way that your body's responding right now it's kind of giving you an indication of how you would respond in a prep obviously straight out of the gates into your prep you're not going to put yourself into a 1500 calorie deficit it's not going to be as as aggressive as this mini cut but also just kind of a trial to see how you would respond. It would be interesting. You're not going to lose anything from putting your carbs up to maintenance and then getting a massive new low the next day, potentially. Like, But it could just be you know, some more data to see, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. 
yeah, it's that's very true. And I'm kind of, I agree with what you say, but I'll also get that information as soon as I come back out. So if I, mm-hmm. the first two days after mini cutting, mm-hmm. like I'll still get that same data. Okay. So I've just Do got you know a, what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. I've got a <laughs> grinder sitting right across from me. You know, he's going to smash this out last two weeks, you know, just eat those 400 grams of carbs, be in that aggressive deficit and then come right out. <laughs> yeah. Might even go lower, but I don't think so. Yeah. But uh, no, it should be good. And, you know, again, we speak about this as if you've like had an atrocious mini cut and as if you haven't lost any weight or you've gained weight or something. But again, remember, like your highest high, your highest high, the highest of the highs, um, you were at 94.4 kilograms and your lowest this week was 89 across Mm. five weeks. So that is 5.4 kilograms from the highest to the lowest across five weeks. And I think anyone would look at that and be like, Man, that is some pretty successful weight loss. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Give you a little clap there. So you have done a really good job. But yeah, last two weeks and um, then it's time to get back on to the um, little bit more bread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bread and other stuff. But yeah. like what, what has changed a lot with my diet is it's all completely whole foods now before mm. it wasn't. And like I, I am really enjoying that. That was one of the things I missed most about my previous diet. Mm-hmm. I don't, it's not even a diet really. It's just what I was eating and depends if that is your diet. That's kind of like a philosoph- philosophical question. Your dietary <laughs> pattern. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but um, yeah, like I'm enjoying the whole foods, lots of veg at dinner and just whole grains for my carbohydrate sources. I, I could easily incorporate things like low-fat ice cream if I wanted to but I'm mm-hmm. just not really I don't to, actually to be honest I did kind of because I was having like low-fat ice cream and maple syrup and that kind of stuff when I was having higher carbs as soon as I cut that stuff out I did crave it a little bit mm. and we know that sugar craving does exist it's a it is a thing so I it was interesting that I experienced that myself and I can therefore relate to other people about it mm-hmm. but as soon as like probably i don't know a week later or something i i don't have any inclination to have that stuff i just want food in general yeah exactly it sounds like you have had a smooth transition across these last five weeks you know week by week by week it's changed a little bit but i think it has been quite gradual and i think it has been quite normal mm. yeah yeah what uh yeah so far what i can say is that the the outstanding thing for me is that the rest days are definitely the toughest. Mm-hmm. And we actually spoke about this in our main episode for this week, but just how training, like potentially caffeine kind of blunts the hunger. Mm-hmm. And I mean, partially also because I'm just having less food today by 50 carb. But well, I think we can both agree that it's not really a decrease in food. It's more so. I the- think it's just the accumulation of fatigue from the training days prior. Mm. Yeah. You literally just, cause you train like a freaking animal. Okay. So you're just really just exhausted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also that I'm not training in general. Like mm-hmm. that's a period of like four hours where I'm yeah occupied otherwise yeah where we're just doing other things but yeah training. today i was shopping for food which i couldn't mm-hmm. eat yet so <laughs> gosh that's one thing but tell us about your week oh my gosh well i guess the past two weeks right i guess geez louise so much has happened so i guess where i left you guys off last was with my lebanese bread conundrums so how i figured out that 
whoa, okay, maybe these things are a little bit too good to be true. And uh, so the, that week I weighed in at 66.4 kilograms. Um, and that was actually a decrease from the week prior from 66.5 kilograms. And that's actually because I had dropped out my Lebanese breads. Um, because I, <laughs> I'm not kidding, man. These things have been tricking me for months. Okay. Because you guys know that ever since I ended prep, I pretty much, my macros went straight up to 375 carb, apparently anywhere between 40 to 45 grams of fat and around 180 grams of protein. And my weight was just increasing, increasing, increasing every single week. Right. And I went from like my comp weight, which was around 57.6 um, kilograms. And then I was up to like 66 kilograms. And I'm like, I haven't even made an adjustment in food. What is this shiz? You know? And I'm training the hardest I ever have in my life, right? I'm doing five full body sessions that prior to that, still training five days a week, three lower, two upper, you know, steps around 15,000. I'm the strongest I've ever been in my life. I'm getting the best quality sleep. And I'm like, I've eaten more food than this in my life before. And I'm like, why the shiz am I metabolically adapting like this? This doesn't make any sense, right? But yeah, I was just like, I guess I'll just take it, you know? But it turns out, guys, I've been eating way more food than I thought I was. I was tracking my Lebanese breads plus my cans of beans and chickpeas to a total of like 375 was it carbs. Was beans or just kidney beans? I would, out of interest. Out of three days, I would alternate between chickpeas, butter beans, and red kidney beans. And I'd have... Why no black beans or uh, pinto beans? Let's just say that they're not... <laughs> they don't make the house smell all that great. Um, but the other beans, they're not too bad. <laughs> no, but I can handle certain beans i think everyone's like that Do you wash your beans no i don't wash my beans yeah that's important for removing the lectins yeah but uh that's another thing as well so i was miscalculating my lebanese breads and i think i was also miscalculating the beans too like these cans of beans it says that they're only like 20 grams of carbs and i would just i would just take that and i actually wouldn't weigh them i just go off the whole can because if i weighed them i know it's not accurate because i still leave a bit of juice in them i like a bit of the bean juice so i'm like well i'm not that doesn't count right? that's just some water and some salt and some bean juice but the truth is i kind of knew this in the back of my mind but i was also enjoying my diet so much feeling so good i was in a bit of denial i'm like Nah, maybe I just am gaining weight on 375 grams of carbs. Anyway, little Miss Dietitian over here actually started using my fitness pal correctly, tracking things very accurately. And uh, turns out that I must have been eating way more than this, probably over 450 grams of carbs on the Whoa. daily. No, I was eating more than you. Um, because the reason why I've cut out the Lebanese breads and I've cut out the beans, right? My weight started to drop down to, um, it dropped the next week. And then last week I went up to 400 grams of carbs per day, but I also took a rest week last week too. Um, and my weight was around 66.6. And then this week I've actually increased my carbs, um, toward the end of the week up to 425 grams. The day after I did that, my weight actually dropped down to 66.2 kilograms, right? So like my, and I looked at my data too, for the last five weeks, I have been maintaining my weight around anywhere between 66.4 to 66.6 kilograms per week. Um, and that maintenance phase was on purpose as I've talked about, but I need to start pushing my food up now. So even like the past few days, I've, um, 
I've been eating 425 grams of carbs, but weight is still hovering around that 66.4 kilogram mark. So starting from tomorrow, I'm, which is a training day, today's a rest day, I'm gonna go up to 450 carb and see if my weight starts to increase. Um, because I need to start pushing my body weight up. You know, this maintenance phase, I've been hanging around here long enough. I feel really good, but we know that in order to maxly put on muscle, right, you need to gain a little bit more weight. So I need to get myself back into a surplus, which is, is cool, you know, but at the same time, I have been eating this all along as well. So I kind of just know the accurate numbers now. So I'm just not putting my faith and trust in certain foods that I know could be miscalculated. I'm kind of, I'm making all of my own foods now from single ingredients that I do trust are correct. So things like oats, chia seeds, eggs, wholemeal flour, cheese, all these sort of things. Fruits and vegetables, can't forget those. Can't forget the fruit and veg. No, but uh, yeah, so things are going really well now, but man, if I can start eating four, 50 carb this week and start gaining some weight that'd be amazing if i keep maintaining i'm all i'm going to increase it to 475 but it's cool dude like but the thing is i've been eating this all along and guys it is the 6th of september today and one year ago i actually started my comp prep on the 31st of august which was last week um so it's actually been 53 weeks since i actually started my 2020 comp prep last year and also it's been over six months now since i ended that prep so i've been in this improvement season for over six months it's absolutely flown by it's been one hell of a time but uh it is pretty cool but yeah at least at least i know now how much food my body can actually handle and um, it is it is cool. I'm bouncing off the walls, no joke. Like, <laughs> and I never thought I'd be in a position like this, right? Like, I used to be, admittedly, like very food folks. I'd try to volumize. Like, if you think my food's high volume now, you should have seen me in the past, brother. All right, <laughs> I was just making. I did see you in the past. <laughs> you did see me in the past. I'd have like ten things out in front of me. I would eat big salads and oats and egg whites like right before the gym. I don't do that anymore. Now, in order to hit like 420 grams of carbs i'm blending oats with flour and bananas all together and then microwaving that into just something that would have been almost as voluminous as just the oats themselves so like i'm at a different level now thank gosh which is wonderful for me it's a huge step that i don't feel like i need to eat like 10 packets of rice cakes or something to hit the same amount of carbs so big step for here for me guys queen of volume but um yeah life's good i'm buzzing and I'm eating a hell of a lot of glucose and yeah, should be interesting to see where this goes. Because again, I feel like I'm at that point now too. I'm very metabolically adaptive as well. Like feed me a lot of carbs, I'll bounce around the walls. Feed me less carbs, I'll be a little slug. So <laughs> yeah, but um, I am happy and things are going well. Hopefully weight starts to creep up again. But across the past two weeks, I did take a deload um, because I came up to the end of my eight, the end of my eighth week of full body training and eight times five, that's 40. So that is 40 full body training sessions. That's pretty nuts. And for the first time in my life, I actually took a week where 
I didn't really train. Like in the past, again, it's amazing how you're always changing your approach to different things. I used to be one of those people who was like, nope, deloads, you have to do it this very certain way. You have to like decrease volume by exactly 50%. You have to lower intensity exactly by this much. You have to do the exact same exercises, la-di-da. This, that week, actually, we were so busy with doing content for SNA and I was so busy during the day. I actually, across the whole week, I only trained once. I did one deload session on the Saturday. The Friday before, I had to take a rest day because one of, I went to a PT client in the morning on Friday morning, finished um, and did the PT session, went to go start my car afterwards, and then my car battery wouldn't start. So like, oh my God, the whole day. Like my mom came and picked me up from the hospital. She works at the PA hospital, drove me home. And then later in the afternoon, when you went to the gym, I had to walk like five kilometers to go meet RSPCA. Is it RSPCA? R-A-C-Q? R-A-C-Q, yeah. <laughs> Not the animal people, the car people. And they repaired my battery. So I had to take a rest day that day. And then all the other days, then Sunday through to Wednesday, I just rested. I just totally chilled out. I didn't have two coffees during the day. I only had one my brain was felt like mashed potatoes because we were doing so much work for SNA on top of all of our usual client work. And then I hit the gym again last uh, Thursday and I really surprised myself. My strength was still in the same place, if not better than it was the week prior. Like I got three by eight with my bench at 52.5 kilograms. And the week before I only got two by eight and one by seven. So and still hit my 150 kilogram hip thrust. So it was cool. It's changed my mindset. That's why I love, man. Like we say things on the podcast, but like as you continue to grow and develop as a person, you're like, you're always going to change, you, you know, your frame of mind and your outlook on things and realize I don't like the saying there's more way, there's more than one way to skin a cat. Like, cause I don't like the idea of skinning cats. Like, you know, mm. I think scale of fish. Yeah. Scale of fish or why does maybe not. I don't know. I'd like to say like, there's more than one way to cook an egg, you know, like you can boil it, you can scramble peel it. Peel a potato. Yeah. Peel a potato or cook an egg, whatever it may be. Um, do something with some, with some dairy, but like, yeah, I don't want to skin a cat, but yeah, there's more than one way to cook an egg. So yeah, always changing my mind and, uh, continuously improving, but yeah, so took a deload week. And then this past week, well, it's only it's only Sunday now, so really moving into this next proper week starting from tomorrow. You didn't train yesterday either. No, I didn't train yesterday. I went down the Gold Coast <clears throat> and I did a posing session with my posing coach, Steph Calms. That was awesome. And then I went for a long walk down the beach. And to be honest, I kind of needed that because the two days prior I trained full body on Thursday, Friday. I was pretty sore and I was very sore from posing too. too. Yeah. So starting from tomorrow, I feel like starting from tomorrow's really is when I'm going to get back into this next mesocycle. And, um, I'm pumped. I'm ready. If you can't tell I'm buzzing, man, I want to like go train right now. So I'm really excited for tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, had a good time recovering. Very, very productive with work, you know, got to go swimming to the beach, did lots of posing now back into training. And, you know, I just have to say in terms of clients, one of my clients, her name is Jess. I am preparing her right now for ICN. She's gonna be doing bikini and she has one of the strongest mindsets of any competitor I've ever come across so far because Jess and I, we just uh, checked in last week in person on the Saturday. 
and she, you know, she's looking fantastic. At that point, she was eight weeks out, right? Looking really good, posing had improved so much. Just like, you know, she's, she's well on track. If anything, I would argue that she's, you know, where she should be. She's a little bit ahead of time for a bikini. So looking amazing. But two days later, it was after work, right? She's walking back to her car with some milk. She trips and she's actually fractured her fifth metatarsal. So that's one of the bones in your foot. And uh, pretty much she is in a moon boot now for the next six weeks, which is absolutely nuts. So she's in a moon boot for the next, uh, well, this was last at the beginning of last week. So from now, she's in a moon boot for the next five weeks. But ICN Queensland is seven weeks away. And, you know, we had a big discussion on, right, like, does she still want to go ahead with the competition? And she's so strong-headed and so just, like, determined that she won't let this get in the way, right? She's going to work through it. And, you know, it's just freaking phenomenal. So, obviously, you know, we had a call straight away and uh, we had to modify her entire plan because, you know, she's in a moon boot. She's, she's on crutches and she also has like this little scooter thing where she can put up her knee and scooter around. And, uh, also she sent me this video today of her going up the stairs. It's like, it's like constant tricep dips. Cause she's got this big staircase at her house and she just like tricep dips up the stairs. It's, it's really cool. But, um, Anyway, what we pretty much now have her doing is she can basically only train predominantly upper body, but so grateful she can still do leg extension. She can still do leg curl. She can still do hip abductions, adductions, and she can uh, also do some single leg calf raises because that's one of the biggest concerns because one of those calves is in a moon boot. Obviously, it's likely to atrophy a bit. But there is some literature to suggest that if you continue to train the other limb, right? So if she trains at least one calf, there is literature to show that she can retain and people can retain some strength and some muscle in the other limb, which is really cool. What's it called? Is it like the bi, it's like the bilateral effect or there's some sort of name for it. I have to look it up, but it is really cool. Like cross-sectional, I don't know something crossover yeah the crossover effect something yeah. like that but it's fascinating but yeah uh pretty much modified her entire plan she can't really you know she she makes jokes about because if she's on crutches right like do those steps like count as double steps because they take so much effort and man but uh man she is just a trooper so yeah at eight weeks out she landed herself in a moon boot for six weeks and another huge thing is posing too so you know we actually have her doing a lot of visualization for her posing but also pretty crazy this morning she was actually able to put on her bikini put on one heel while in her moon boot and actually send through some progress photos which i just thought was nuts but boy it's gonna be one hell of a of a comp prep for her one hell of a memory you know her very her very first comp prep and going through it six weeks in a moon boot on that final leg that final leg how about that <laughs> but yeah it's gonna be incredible you know actually seeing her up there on stage in seven weeks from now very celebratory to see what she's gone through but i just wanted to say that you know because like it kind of puts things in perspective that it could be a bit worse, you know, like mm. comp prep is hard enough, especially that final leg. Right. But if you're going through it with only one leg, <laughs> could be more, it could be tougher than your coach, you know, cutting your carbs by 25 grams or having to do a few extra steps or something like that. So be grateful guys that you're not in a moon boot, just saying. 
but yeah, that was uh, pretty much my two weeks. That was your two weeks. Let's hope that we will be back in a week from now so we have a more concise update for you. But Jack, what we always finish on is one thing we want to improve. So what do you want to improve this week? So I just want to finish strong with my mini cut mm-hmm. and just do what I need to do to get it done. Well, what are you going to do to get it done? <laughs> just going to train well, eat well, and sleep well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep that neat high, you know? You're like yep. If you're like, oh, look, the garbage needs to be taken out. I can do that. It'll burn a calorie. <laughs> yeah, well, it's good that I do that anyway, so. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> Could argue with that. Just saying. Anyway, what do you, you want to improve on this week? Uh, so this week, I think that I want to keep up with my yoga because this past week, I've really gotten back into the groove of getting back into my routine of doing morning yoga, and it's just... It's making me feel really, really good, you know, just stretching in the morning because there was a period of time, I think I did like two months straight, something like 60 plus days or something. It really helped me with my mindset coming out of comp prep and going through quarantine and stuff like that. But just like a lot of things, you know, you start something, you're consistent with it, and then it slowly starts to slip uh, and you lose that consistency. But This past week, I've been waking up a hell of a lot earlier, like 5.30 in the morning when I usually wake up closer to like 6, right? So I've just been up earlier. I have more time during the morning after I finish like my morning emails and stuff. And I'm like, man, I'm just going to like stretch for 20 minutes. So came back into my yoga tutorials and it feels really good. So I just want to improve on that and just keep that going and uh stay consistent because yeah it makes me it just puts me in a really good frame of mind and it feels damn good to stretch in the morning but yeah so i guess that was the end episode 19 awesome yeah i think that was a great episode it was good to hear about your two weeks yeah yours (laughs) too man two weeks of cutting (laughs) and guys if you enjoyed this one please remember to repost it onto your social media tag myself tag tiara tag tbd also leave a little a review on itunes if you're listening there And we'll catch you guys next week. Bye, guys.